Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball, kind of whatever. I am your host, Christianta, over there. Across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. It is once again 9.16 p.m. on a Monday. Yeah. And we're, we're back in here, same room as before, because we can't get into our podcasting studio quite yet, even though we're about a month into the school year. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of... Uh, attention being paid to it but you know i get you know i guess i could be blamed a little bit for that however mm-hmm. i didn't really take on studio responsibilities but i'm going to try to get that place a little cleaned up or at least just throw the mess to another area so that we can sit down yes. and talk about baseball uh for the playoffs most definitely because right now i'm I, I mean i don't hear myself but i imagine it's a little bit echoey right now uh which i don't love but Hopefully we'll get back to our our high tech um, and high quality audio setup, and and we'll be we'll be having some good playoff conversations on some good equipment. However, a lot of stuff has happened in the last week of, of baseball. Yeah, a lot a lot of stuff. There's about there's basically two days left in the regular season. Uh, most of everything is decided. You know, the AL East, the uh, AL West, AL Central. Uh, NL Central and NL West were decided a long time ago, but the NL East basically just wrapped up. You know, not confirmed yet, but yeah, what a what a series of events in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mets Mets come in on Friday to Atlanta with a one game lead in the NL East, and they have Degrom, Serger, and Bassett all going in the series. Yeah, going back to back to back. Uh, Braves had. Freed, uh, Morton, and who is the Saturday night? It was uh, Kyle Wright. No, it was Freed, Wright, Morton, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Freed, Wright, Morton. Um, and the Braves uh, essentially swept the Mets. Um, first night, what was it, 4-2? to two? Yeah, it was like similar scores every night. Yeah, it was, it was like 4-2, like 4-2, two, four, two, four, two, five, three. Something like that. Um, you know, Braves, Braves just kind of won the big moments seemed like it's crazy because the Mets like are still having one of the best seasons in their franchise's history and assuming the Braves you know eventually clinch the NL East which their magic number remains one after tonight after they lost to the Marlins and the Mets game got postponed like we're still going to remember this season for the Mets as of right now as they they choked at the very end and like there is partially you know some stuff to be blamed on the Mets like they went six and eight down the stretch against, what was it, like the Cubs, Nats, Marlins, and A's. Yeah. Most of that being at home. Right. That wasn't good. Obviously, like, you got to play better ball against those teams. But, I mean, they're still, they've still won 98 games as of now. They just have to win two of three from the Nationals to, to be a 100-win team. And it's just, 
you know, the Braves are still probably going to win the division because they played on a 114-win pace for much of the year. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but, like, to refresh on the stats, like, so updated into Monday, October 3rd, you know, what's been publicized a lot is, you know, Mets had... Mets had a 10.5 game lead in the NL East uh, at the beginning of June. That's gone now. Um, but, you know, Mets were playing about 600 ball uh, since they had that 10.5 game lead. It's just the Braves have been playing 700 ball. Uh, they've been on a 114 win pace uh, in their last 107 games, you know, uh, 75 and 32. Mets have been on a 96-win pace, which, you know, a 96-win pace usually is going to win you the division. It's just the Braves have been unbelievable. And, I mean, uh, you know, they remain they're, – they're probably a, a harder threat than they were last year when they won the World Series. Oh, they absolutely are. Yeah. There's no question about that. The Braves, last year they got hot at the right time. Like, they were an 88-win team that people were writing off against the Brewers – and if not the Brewers, definitely the Dodgers. Yeah. That was the 106-win Dodgers, of course. And even if the Dodgers didn't win, they probably would have been written off against the 107-win Giants. Yeah. Like, the Braves were not, very much not a contender at the start of the postseason last year. And they're coming into this postseason as a 100-win team, looking to take the two-seed. Of course, they were the three last year. And, I mean, they got a lay They have Acuna back for this run. They have Michael Harris the yeah. second up. They have Vaughn Grissom up. They have Spencer Strider in the rotation. Like this is a much stronger team than it was last year. Yeah, no, do- no doubt about that. Even without that. Freddie Freeman, they have Matt Olson now to replace Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Matt Olson, you know, Ooh. had just had a great series. Yeah, I mean, like he had been struggling for a month at this point, but he kind of picked up on it over the weekend. Um, the Mets had some people struggle. Francisco Lindor. Uh, in 13 plate appearance, 154 across the whole slash line, only one hit, no walks, yeah. no extra bases. The Mets as a whole just didn't hit for a lot of extra bases this series, and that was really the big difference maker. Like Pete Alonso, three, 300, 417, 300. Didn't yeah. strike out a single time, but only singles from the, the power-hitting first baseman. Yeah, yeah, I think... The, you know, the, the Braves hit three off DeGrom, I think two off Serger. Right. I think uh, there's a buck... Buck Weaver quote, and it's like, I think he was like, World World Series championship teams are built on like pitching, defense, and three run homers. Yes, and that's pretty accurate. And Bra- the Braves, like, they didn't they they hit a they hit a lot of homers, and they they hit at the right time. They hit I I would assume they hit well with runners in scoring position. It was just like they won those big moments. The Mets didn't, and frankly, I, I'm not I'm. Still not crazy worried about the Mets yet. No, but also I think the one thing that worries me about them going into October is A, momentum isn't on their side, and B, they're not an extra base heavy offense outside of Pete Alonso, especially home That's runs. That's true. Because like, I remember last year, I think teams that out-homered their opponent went 25-2 and in the postseason. Okay. And the Mets will likely be playing the Padres in the first round, a team that hits more home runs than them, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good San Diego team. They always give the Mets fits, too. Um, let me check what their record was this year against the against San Diego. Yeah, and... Uh, they had to face their former division rival in Juan Soto. Yeah, and, you know, if you want to just look at the Mets... 
Mets recently, like, you know, they uh, they allowed a lot of home runs. Uh, it's not something you expect routinely with DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, but those three combined, I think, gave up seven home runs. Yeah. Or something like that. Something, something crazy. DeGrom gave up three. It was Olsen, Swanson, and Riley. Yeah. Scherzer gave up two, and uh, Bassett might have given up just one. Um, or no, he... One or two. So they gave yeah. they combined gave up six or seven home runs. But uh but yeah, I'm looking at the the Mets. They actually didn't seem to do too bad with runners in scoring position. It's just they didn't deliver on power. It yeah. is what, what seemed to happen. And they let up too much power. Um the Mets went two and four against the Padres this year. I don't want to write them off yet. Like, I think that's just way too unreasonable for a team that could still win 100 games and will have home field advantage, which does very much matter at City Fields. And I don't know what my pick's going to be in that series, assuming that it happens, but, like, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people would believe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, You know, Mets don't have momentum on their side, but on the flip side... Uh, I think there's a good argument that the Padres also do not have momentum on their side. Not that they've been struggling, but they've just been kind of like a 500 team for a few months now, um, which, you know, not exactly the best. And sometimes sometimes momentum does matter. Sometimes it doesn't. I think about the Red Sox last year. They were a mediocre team for two months, and then they turned it up. They beat the Yankees, beat the Rays, and were ahead against the Astros until they lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there are, you know, there are exceptions for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the Mets, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to let momentum play a big part in my postseason picks, which I'm still very much deciding. Um, mm-hmm. because I think most of everything is pretty solidified. Like I think the the Mariners have like a game and a half or something lead over the Rays for the 5 seed. The Blue Jays have all but clinched the 4 seed. Yeah. Um I think they're two the, and a half. The games Padres, out. the Padres are only one game above the Phillies as mm-hmm. of right now, but it's just the the thought of the Phillies passing the Padres just seems very foreign. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, like it, it's not computing in my mind right now. Yeah, no. Yeah, like uh, then it's then it's Phillies Mets, and it's like, whoa, what's happening here? Exactly. That's not supposed to happen. Wheeler coming back to City Field. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. That maybe that's next year in in the simulation. <laughs> if we're being honest, I think the Padres would almost rather get the the six seed because then they don't have to play the Dodgers coming out of the first round. Um. Yeah. Oh, right. Because it's bracket style. I keep forgetting. Yeah, they would have to play the Braves instead. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. In terms of who you want to face between Mets and Cardinals, Cardinals definitely have more momentum, but the Mets are a, a deeper team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cardinals are interesting. We haven't talked about them in a, in a good bit, but they're very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so where it stands now, Braves probably going to end up getting this. Do we want to talk about talk more about the NL wild card? Yeah, let's do that because the Brewers. The like the Marlins wanted them to win so bad, but they were like, "No, we we do not deserve to go to the playoffs." Yeah, we're 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 reserving we're, we're reserving our right for the fans. The fans don't want to see us this yeah. year. Uh, yeah the the Marlins and Brewers had a four game series at 
American Family Field, formerly Miller Park. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, and the Marlins took three out of four there. Um, the Brewers were five for 36 with runners in scoring position. Um, not great. They didn't capitalize on opportunities. Freddie Peralta had a Freddie Peralta had a gave up four runs in the eighth inning with a two nothing lead. Devin Williams had a blown save that led to a loss. Uh, it they just you know that's what gets you out of the playoffs. It's brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because like a lot of people criticize their trade deadline trading away Josh Hader, and that's valid. But like, I still question if a trade would have really done anything here. Like in a way, like yeah. Taylor, like Taylor Rogers also hasn't performed, right? Uh, they, I, like maybe they were a bat away, but like which bat? Yeah, right. Like the the it was not really a, a hitter's market. From, it wasn't for like outside, literally outside of Juan Soto and Josh Bell, Bell who got has, dealt in the same deal. Yeah, yeah. Who is in this? Who like in the maybe same like a deal? smaller type bat like Darren Ruff or something. But even though he's yeah. been awful for the Mets, no one like too, Mancini maybe. Yeah, no one too like reliable. I guess. Yeah, I mean the the biggest problem for the Brewers was their offense this year, and at the time at times the bullpen. Yeah. Um, Hader yeah. Hader struggled with the Brewers too. I still don't know if like Josh Hader being on this team would have made a difference in the second half. Yeah, especially because he struggled with the Padres. I mean, yeah, he was having a he was having a really rough yeah. stretch. I mean, I mean, Felix like, probably not having Taylor Rogers would have been good because he he was so bad. Yeah, he was miserable for them. Yeah, not good. Um, and yeah, it. What I should also note is like. The Phillies have been trying to hand this wild card, <laughs> this this wild card position off to the Brewers. I, I, they lost thirteen to four in their in their doubleheader to the Nats that day. One of them. The Phillies in their last seventeen games have lost eleven of them. They have a six and eleven record. They should like the Brewers have been five hundred and you know blowing games to the Marlins and going five for thirty six with runners in scoring position in their series against them. So I mean. One team's backing into the wild card, and it appears to be the Phillies. Yeah, for now, <laughs> it's one of those. Where it's like, unfortunately, one of these teams has to make it. Yeah, like the Giants have been playing well recently. It's like, why can't we just have them? Yeah, <laughs> why can't it just be San Francisco? At least they have some guys. Yeah, which like yeah. the Phillies have guys too, but they're just the Phillies. Yeah, like they're meant to find a way. <laughs> they are. I mean, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole bump in the road if they actually don't blow this. Um, the Phillies are just the weirdest team because, like, you won't convince me that they don't have the talent to win a World Series. Oh, yeah. Like, especially, you know, a lot of people criticize the bullpen, but Jose Alvarado has been so good this year. Like, mm-hmm. he's been 2018 vintage. Yeah, and they've had some guys just emerge. Yeah, like Andrew Bellotti was a solid option for them for much of the year. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Sir Anthony Dominguez was doing very well yeah. for a large portion of the year. Obviously, the offense, we know what it can do. The rotation is pretty solid with Wheeler, uh, Nola, Eflin, and Suarez, and Gibson. Yeah. Like, they have, and then obviously, you, have, you, you know. You have a 2020 catcher. Exactly. <laughs> the second, second, JT Realmuto is having a fascinating year. He's, yeah. he's He has 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, second catcher to ever do I believe that. he has no caught stealings, too. No caught stealings. It's crazy. 12 hit by pitchers is interesting. Yeah. 
it's it's wild what what he's been doing. Yeah, Alec Baum is actually having a pretty good year. He, I mean, he's you know around league average OPS wise. Which yeah. Is, a big step up from where he was before. Bryce Harper is still doing well. Castellanos has been heating up a little bit more. People could be fooled by Kyle Schwarber and his home runs. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like, he has over 40 home runs, but... 45. He's 45 home runs. Yeah. And... Uh, a 126 OPS plus in one of the worst OPS seasons in recent history. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he has an 815 OPS. Um, you know... He he's getting on base at a three twenty rate, which is about average, mm-hmm. um, and he's not hitting like doubles or anything, so not really supporting those home runs with other extra base hits. But anyway, the Phillies, yeah, the Phillies are just going to be a, a more fun team to watch if they do indeed make it. I mean, with Nola and Wheeler, it's just going to be more fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see if if assuming this is the series, the Cardinals defense versus the Phillies defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a good storyline that no one talks about. Yeah, I can't wait to just visual, just see that visually, like three singles in a game, like just hopping right in front of Schwab and being like, <laughs> I, I can't die for that. <laughs> I don't have the ability to do that. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah. The Phillies. They're the Phillies. Such a, they're a team. And they, you know what? They're probably a playoff team for the first time since 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which will, which will end the. Which will end the event. The finally the longest drought. The longest drought. <laughs> finally over. Yeah, yeah. Had it for a whole, less than a week. <laughs> yeah. You know it's very funny. You know who has the longest drought now? Um, who? It's the Angels. Yeah, that's 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 something. Yep. That's baseball. Still belongs to the ALS, baby. Yeah. It's and, very weird that like. I now know a time where every team has made the playoffs. Although, I, I saw a tweet about this, and it's pretty valid, and it sort of goes into what we were talking about last time. But, like, why do we why do we even count the Marlins' 2020 playoff appearance? Yeah, and they didn't even get in through, like, the regular... They got in because they were second in the NL East and second place in your division. Yes. It was automatic. It automatically got you in, and the NL East sucked so bad. That the Marlins were able to be in second place at below 500. <laughs> yeah, they were literally 29 and 31. Yeah, they had the same record as like the whatever the, fourth wild card. Or I'm whatever. pretty sure the Giants had the same record and they didn't make it. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Why? Why did they make it so second place had to had to be in? That was stupid. Well, like maybe for like bubble purposes. Like I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it did end up that the four NLDS series were all in yeah. individual, so that was cool. If the Marlins didn't beat the Cubs in that series, I would be pretty adamant about, like, yo, we can't count that. Yeah. Like, true. they haven't made it since 03. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, do- it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Especially, no. There's, there's, there are arguments of, like, oh, this, this person would have had the exact same 2020, or this team would have had the exact same 2020. Marlins would not have gotten in. <laughs> if you, if in you extrapolate that season. season for another 102 games and do the normal playoff format where eight teams from each league do not make it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I can't tell you that the 2020 Marlins are making it. Yep. No. I, sorry. I cannot. I'm sorry, Jesus Aguilar. You're going to have to wait another <laughs> sorry, time. Sorry, Bobby Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is weird. 
Yeah, they, they get off the hook of having a, a basically 20-year playoff draft because they accidentally made it right in the pandemic year. Yeah. They, they lost more games than they won. Go, going back to the to the Brewers, is it is a lot of it, I think you've referenced it, a lot of it just like not having the bat? Like, yes. Yeah, I do. Because like, no one was able to step up and have that clutch moment. No. I mean, yeah, 5 for 36 with runners in scoring position, and I think a lot of that comes down to, like, if you're an opposing pitcher, like, who is in that lineup that you're like, oh, it's this guy. Like, I gotta I gotta be careful here. And to the Brewers' credit, I mean, and at the time it made a lot of sense, but they signed up to get that guy with Christian Yelich. Yeah. They signed him to a seven-year deal after he finished... After second. he had an 1,100 OPS. Yeah. Like, perfectly, perfectly reasonable to believe. And he, he's getting paid, he got paid, like, 180-something million, and I thought that was an underpay uh, for how good he was the previous two years. But, you know, he, he did have a home run in that series, but he was also 2 for 15. I, I looked up his number. He was 2 for 15. 12 of his batted balls were uh, – or 8 of his 12 uh, batted balls were ground balls, uh, which is, you know, two-thirds, not great. 66.7%. And he was, he was 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position in that series. Yeah. So, you know, they, they just haven't been able to have that bat. They signed up to have that bat, but Christian Yelch, you know, not to just dump on him. It's obviously not all his fault. Yeah, no, I mean, you are absolutely right, though. Like, they did sign a big financial commitment to the guy that was going to be their big bat, and he just hasn't been the big bat. Yeah. And it's been three seasons now where right. he's been, like, a league average bat at best, which is a problem. Yeah. Like, what, since, 20, since 2020... Christian Yelich has played in probably 326 games. That's two full seasons for a 742 OPS and a 106 OPS plus. Yeah. It's not now it's 34 home runs. Right. In 326 games. That's a 162 game average of 11 of 17 home runs. Yeah. Yeah, not you're, great. You're paying that much for like basically a six-seven hitter. Yeah, and it, and and you know, know just doing basic like if you're doing wins above replacement math, if he's the guy, if he's even just an all-star level talent, they're in a playoff spot right now. They're, yeah, they he's been worth what maybe two wins above replacement this year. Two point six. So if he's, I believe it's two point one F four. Yeah, so if he's if he's a five-win player instead. Which is Even more, like a four-win player. Yeah, they're 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 in a much better situation and probably uh, set to be in a playoff spot right now. If he now. was at like Willie Adamas level, yeah, they're a playoff team. Right. Willie Adamas has been probably their best offensive player for the last two years. He had a 758 OPS this year. Yeah, yeah. With he, very good defensive base running, albeit, but yeah, like that's it. Yeah. And they play at such a hitter-friendly park too. It's very weird. It's such a it's such a reverse of what the Brewers were in 2018 when their window opened. Like they were they had right. a stellar offense, but a lack of pitching depth. And now they have, like when healthy, possibly the best starting rotation in the majors. Oh yeah, but they can't hit. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've referenced this series a couple times, but like, you know, the the they played the Brewers in the uh, NLDS last year. They lost four games. The Braves. Or, oh yeah, the Brewers <laughs> lost to the Braves. Yeah, a um, couple of Milwaukee franchises, you know. <laughs> the, but the, the the Brewers lost to the Braves, and you know they had the best starting rotation, but they still pitched like kind of the best starting rotation. The, the game that they won was two nothing. 
Yeah, like Corbin Burns shut it down. For... Well, it was two one. It was two one, and they lost three zero. They lost three zero again, and they lost five four. Like they got shut out in two of those four yeah. games. It wasn't because their great starting ro- rotation was underperforming. It was because the offense was was absolutely dreadful. Like if you give up three runs in two playoff games, like you gotta assume you're taking at least one of those. Exactly. Like, they yeah. got shut out in both. Yeah. They got yeah. It was Max Fried and Ian Anderson. Yeah. It was uh, it was something, but you know, in defense of the Brewers, they did lose to the eventual champions. They did, but also it's but not also like score the more. Played out. It's not like the Braves just completely overmatched them there. Yeah, like the they're only scoring in that's in the first three games of that series was in the bottom of the seventh against Charlie Morton, third tenth of the order. Abisal Garcia got hit by a pitch, and then Rowdy Tellez hit a home run. Yeah. And that was it for their scoring until Game 4, which they scored their most runs in any game throughout the series, and Hayter gave up a you know a late home run to Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I think they... The Brewers had, like... Was it Eric Lauer out there? Because uh, I know they yes. didn't have Burns. Yes, they did have Eric Lauer. It was yeah. Charlie... It was Morton versus Lauer in Game 4, and to be fair, Lauer was very good last year. Yeah, it was 4-4 going into the 8th, and then Freddie Freeman hit that homer off of Josh Hayter. Yep. Yeah, so, and is Willie Adamas set to be a free agent after this year, or am I tripping? Is, no, I don't believe so. Um, no, he definitely he can't be, because he made his debut in 2018. Oh, like, yeah, after so he, the, after he can't the service be. Time. Uh, he's a free agent after 2024, so okay, he's got so two off. more years. He's Arb Elliott. Mixing up my shortstops. Yeah. Uh, Dansby's a free agent, Trey Turner's a free agent, Bogarts is a free agent. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the NL wildcard, probably set. NL East, probably set. Um. AL wildcard. AL wildcard, um. I mean, the big story is obviously. Oh yeah, Seattle. Northwest. You want to get into Seattle? Yeah. They did it. They did it. That's it. Uh, they they yeah. went they ended that drought. I I so, lost surprisingly I watched... there was a drought in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, that that's been said in a lot of dining rooms across America <laughs> in the past decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a lot of newscasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never hear never hear about that. <laughs> If there's any, if you need any proof of climate change, <laughs> there was a drought in Seattle. Sam, <laughs> um, I watched the whole game on Friday night, and it was such a weird vibe because, like, it was obviously such a big game for the Mariners, and every out was a big one. But at no point in that game did I think the A's were going to win. Yeah, right. Like, I was like, the Mariners are winning this. Like, pretty. Like, I watched from the third inning on. I straight up do not think the A's got a single hit. <laughs> the entire time, I'm just I'm checking the box score real quick, like doing the you know the play by play because I am actually very sure the A's did not get a single hit from the time I started watching through the end of the game. Right, yeah. it was a two one game. Of course, Cal Raleigh, who's been like a top five catcher in baseball this year, hit a walk off home run. So the A's had three hits in this game, and let's see. Um, oh yeah, Tony Kemp hit a leadoff single. And then uh, Shea Langlers hit a home run in the second inning. And Jordan Diaz hit a single to short on a ground ball in the fourth. But that, like, arguably could have been ruled an error. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one. And they never got a hit after the first batter of the fourth inning. Yeah. And they did they did they have a couple walks, so they did have base runners. Um the Mariners also just refused to score runs. <laughs> like they had uh what were what was they what were they with runners? They were one for seven with runners in scoring position. Dang. And the one was I believe was a first inning double from Ty France. Yeah, right. it was. Cause, and Dylan Moore had just stolen second base to put him in scoring position too. Yeah. Um but yeah, like they were not, they were absolutely not <laughs> doing it. It was very funny because I remember it was the eighth inning. You know that feeling when like it's a big at bat, like a power bat's up and there's like a guy on first with one out and you completely forget about the possibility of a double play? Yeah. Like that's what happened to me. Like Eugenio Suarez was batting in the eighth inning. It was a guy on first with two outs and I was like, it's got to be here. Like big, you know, big bat at the plate. Like if he, you know, if he doesn't strike out, like this could be good. And they hit a ground ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's the that's the end of the inning." <laughs> like I forgot that was even a thing. Dang, that's a stupid rule. <laughs> yeah, you should not be allowed to have two outs in one play. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like yeah. you don't even you completely forget about the possibility of a double play, even though there's it's a perfect double play opportunity. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what happened in the eighth inning, and then our boy Matt Brash. Uh, fly out, strike out, strike out in the ninth. Yeah. And then, <laughs> he's I have insane. He's been great as a reliever, which is where he was meant to be the whole year. Yeah. Um, I think one of the funniest things that I, like, this habit I have as a baseball fan is, like, anytime, like, a random reliever comes in that I've never heard of and they look good, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is, like, this guy's him. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll say that at the drop of a hat. And I was watching Domingo Acevedo pitch for the A's. I had never heard of him before. He struck out Hanniger and Santana to start his night, and I was like, and I looked at his ERA. I was like in the mid threes. I was like, yo, this is like the best kept secret in Oakland's <laughs> bullpen. This guy's nice. And then Cal Raleigh on a on a three two, on a three two pitch, yeah, takes one, and I knew it was gone the second it hit. I was like, it, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and that's how it happened. It was so beautiful because. Like, that's the way the Mariners deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, they just walk off home run. Like, I was so rooting for the Orioles that day. Not because they were playing the Yankees and I just like seeing the Yankees lose, but, like, I was like, the Mariners don't, can't just clinch the playoffs because somebody else lost. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have to win it the real way, and they did. Yeah. Which was perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cal Raleigh, I want to talk about him for a little bit because he's been outstanding this entire year. Uh, I had a tweet, like, a couple weeks ago. He has to lead the league in OPS when I watch them. (laughs) Like, every time I watch the Mariners, Cal Raleigh does something. He's a 120 OPS plus this year, 26 home runs. Uh, He's only batting 208, but he has a 485 slugging in 406 plate appearances, which is pretty unreal. And, yeah, and, you know, 120 OPS is, is like, you know, you think about that for a regular position. It's like, oh, but, like... When you're talking about a catcher, like that's it's so different. It's it's very different. It's very value. It it carries a lot more value, um, and yeah, the savant numbers are also very good. Fifteen point three percent barrel rate yeah. this year. He um, also has such a nice swing. Like every does. time he gets, every time he like hits the ball, like it looks good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has the fourth highest F four among the fourteen catchers with four hundred plate appearances this year. Yeah, he's very uh, good defense. Not great base running, but he's a catcher, so who really cares? Only JT Romeo, so it Adley can run the bases. 
Yeah, yeah, 81st percentile framing, you know, that's nine uh, nine catcher framing runs, according to Baseball Savant. In less, just to give you an idea, in less plate appearances, he has higher F4 than Will Smith, Alejandro Kirk, Wilson Contreras, uh, Gary Sanchez, Salvador Perez. Like, yeah. Tom Raleigh has been... All those are, like, all-stars, or at some point have yes. been all-stars. Yes. Uh, yeah, um... Yeah, he's he's kind of, and and he's only twenty five as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I believe he's uh, Mark Simon had a sweet. Apparently, he started out the year four for forty seven. Yikes! Yeah. So I wonder what his numbers are since then. Uh, well, let's see. We'll take a look. Yeah, he he's a guy where you just there's always just a home run highlight for him, and it's like who this who's this Cal Raleigh guy? Where did yeah. he come from? Uh, he's also nicknamed Big Dumper. <laughs> which is so sick. Uh, Jesus Christ, since August 30th, 22 games played, 79 plate appearances. He's slashing 235, 317, 632 for a 949 OPS and a 168 BABIP, or 186 BABIP. Wow. <laughs> Eight home runs, 16 hits, nine <laughs> walks. He's having a Z- Zanino stretch. Yeah. Zanino <laughs> of the year, Cal Raleigh. <laughs> yep. Um... Three double. He has, yeah, 16 hits, 8 have gone for extra bases. Yep. Or wait, no, 11 have gone for extra bases, sorry. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, the, the Mariners, they got uh, they got into a playoff position. They'll probably most likely face Toronto. As one. of right now, they are at the 5 seed. How much space is there between them and the Rays? It's at Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. Is is Robbie Ray vaccinated? Uh, Toronto lifted the guideline. Oh. Yeah. He is not. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe he has been, but he did not. It was funny because they were going to present him with his Cy Young Award when he went, mm-hmm. came back to Toronto, but he couldn't. Imagine they do it right before the playoffs. <laughs> before game one. Yeah. It's like, we would like to welcome today's starting pitcher for the Seattle Mariners to collect his yeah. 2021 American League Cy Young Award. Ooh. Yeah, Noah's doing pretty well against the Astros. How? Yeah. How, um, Brewers are down four to one in the seventh to the Diamondbacks, the road Diamondbacks. Oh yikes! Yeah, who are, who are the Mariners throwing out game one? Probably, um. Well, there's 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 some options. Honestly, there's not a clear answer. Uh, well, let me see what they're. If you're uh, going momentum, you could. Robbie Ray has not pitched well lately. If you're going momentum, it's not Robbie Ray. It could be Kirby. It could be Kirby, but also, do you start? Oh, Kirby's starting today, so do you start him Friday on They're not three days do rest? That. They don't no. do that for a rookie. Um, the Rays just lost, by the way. So. They could do Luis Castillo. He, he's, That's probably the move. I don't he's know if he's pitched in a playoff game, even though it was. I believe he pitched on Sunday, but Sunday to Friday is fine. Yeah, that's four days <laughs> that's rest. Regular that's rest. Standard. Um, yeah. Kirby. And then uh, yeah, Gilbert. He's pitching currently, Gilbert. Did go on Friday. He's probably going to go again before the season's over because they are playing for something. They got Marco Gonzalez going Tuesday, and then who's going on Wednesday? They haven't named a starter yet. They'll probably wait till they they know what's going on. Um, right. Although I feel like by Wednesday, there's a good chance they can have uh, they can have it figured out. And then Toronto has the dilemma of Manoa or Gossman game mm-hmm. one. I, I mean, either answer is probably a right answer. Yeah. Just by the way, well, actually, so the Mariners have the uh, this. So the Rays just lost perspective. 
And the Mariners now have a two-game lead over the Rays. They're playing right now. Mm-hmm. So if they win tonight, they clinch at least the five seed. Yeah. Um, and I believe if the Blue Jays, are they still playing? Did they win? Because they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Mariners. Yeah. Uh, so they must have won tonight? Question mark? What are the Blue Jays doing right now? Oh, they're up 5-1 in Baltimore with bases loaded in the eighth. Okay, so the Blue Jays are going to win tonight. Uh, which I believe would clinch, would give them the four seed. It would. Yeah. So, if the Blue Jays hold on to the Mariners' win tonight against the Tigers, I'm pretty sure the AL is completely figured out, which means they can throw out a random guy on Wednesday and have Gilbert go game one, and then, like, Castillo right. game two, Ray game three, Kirby out of the bullpen or something. Yeah, I don't know. Very I funny think. that one of those four guys will make the first series rotation. Yeah, right, true, because three games maximum. Yeah, nice. um, yeah. Uh, with Toronto, I mean, if you just look at ERA, it's going to be Manoa. Like Manoa, Gosman, uh, Barrios, Stripling. They, I mean, objectively, it might be better to do Stripling over Barrios. <laughs> like Barrios, I I know he's yeah. probably going to end up being having the better career than Stripling. But Brios has been an absolute mess this year. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Signed a person who had him in a net four league. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a five three seven ERA. If he had like a two win season, you probably could have won the league. Yeah, yeah. That that's the one thing that if he screwed yeah, him. if he just had a right yeah. It's weird because if you good went back and did the draft again, you probably still would have picked Brios, and I still would have said yeah, that's a good pick. Oh yeah, I I thought that was a steal. I think I got him like ninth round. Yeah, I thought that was a steal. Because I was like, he's he twenty. Like, I think he had point. I think he had one win this year. Yeah, Robbie Ray had one point seven because he gave up a lot of home runs. Yeah. Well, Barrios is starting tonight, so I, he yeah. might add another point one or point two. I will say though, Robbie Ray is well, yeah. He might not be the move because he gives up a lot of home runs. That's his issue, and he's facing Toronto, which is a team that's a lot of runs. Righty heavy lineup as well. Exactly. Like if he was facing the Guardians, you'd probably have a much better case for him because it's not a team that hits home runs. They have lots of left-handed hitters, switch hitters, even. Yeah, um, like you can kind of work around that, but you really can't with the Blue Jays. Right. Yeah, you might just have to leave your one hundred fifty fifteen million dollar ace out of the rotation. Yeah. For the greater good. I, I mean I think I think it's it would be better to give him the the ball than Marco Gonzalez. However. Oh no doubt. But like you know, but, but at the same time game there three. are at the same time there are three better starters in that rotation objectively, in Gilbert Castillo and Kirby. Oh right oh yeah 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 maybe yeah. just for the purpose of throwing in a lefty. I forgot but about even then. I forgot about Gilbert for a second. Yeah. Um yeah, they're yeah, it righties and I'm trying to look at uh the splits. I mean, yeah, uh righties have 93 points better OPS against Ray than lefties do. It's 647 versus 740. That's such a tough decision to make because like it's probably the best move for your team to not have Robbie Ray start a game. But at the same time, it's a bad look to not pitch your $115 million ace. True. Very true. Very true. But, you know, I mean... I mean, because I, I believe he gave up three home runs in his last game and uh, dropped .4 in F4 overnight. Yeah, and the, Mar- the Mariners just, they have a pretty deep rotation this year uh, with some young talent who they haven't had to pay yet, so... Yeah, exactly, and they won't have to. And I mean, yeah, and they just paid Castillo, so... 
I mean, at least one of the guys that you signed for $100 million is going to go in that series. In his in Robbie Ray's last five starts, uh, 5.27 ERA, 5.89 FIP, nine or wait, eight home runs allowed in 27 and a third innings. That's almost and, that's almost three home runs per nine. Well, he, I was about to say he's never pitched a playoff game, but he, did he pitch there in, in 2017? Uh, yes, yeah. Yes, he had to have. Um, I'm looking at... He started that. the wild card game. No, he didn't. Zach Greinke did. Yeah, he had to have started that series. Yeah, he... he uh, Definitely didn't yeah, get a win. Oh, yeah, and he, he... I think he pitched in relief in 2020. <laughs> that, <funny? laughs> that series didn't count. <laughs> yeah. this is, like, the Blue Jays did not make the playoffs in 2020. Yeah, yeah no, he started game one. <laughs> didn't he? Did he? Oh, it says innings four through six. I think game one was Ryu. Or no, no game, game, game two, two was real. Game one was... They started a random guy. It was Taiwan Walker, maybe? That might have been it. Hang on. The 2020 Blue Jays. Who did they start in game one against Tampa? Who even started game one for Tampa? Was it like Glass now? Uh, had to have been, maybe. Snell. Snell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had to have been. Yeah, because Snell had a no It was Matt Schumann. Yeah, I remember it was someone <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt Shoemaker started that game. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Matt Shoemaker has not played baseball since 2019. Yeah. I don't care. Sorry. I don't care that he was on the 2021 Twins with like a 60 RA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember somebody random started that game one for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah, Ryu must have had to pitch them in and then have to get extra rest. Right. Because Ryu... Was third in the Cy Young vote that year and has disappeared since then. Sadly. Well, he had an average season in 2021 and, and just got Tommy John. Well, not just got Tommy John, but a few months ago he got Tommy John. Do you want to guess who the top position player in B War was on the 2020 Jays? Uh, was it Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? It was not. Uh, 2020 Jays. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Springer wasn't there yet. Um, it wasn't it, not not Bichette, not Guerrero, but uh, I'm trying to think of that roster. <laughs> Danny Jansen? No. Uh, good guess though. I'm gonna say I don't know. Position player V War. Yeah, he put up a two win season. I'm trying to think of a random good... Had a 122 OPS plus. So he's probably good defender. I have no idea. Kevin Biggio. Kevin Biggio. Who's like not even in the lineup now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he... Yeah. He's 27 years old. I remember he was like, at the start, like the best of that trio. And <laughs> just has yeah. not been great. Yep. Not been great. Um, anything more before we get into players to highlight? Um, Tony La Russa stepping down. Right. Yeah. yeah. That happens. I almost missed that. Yeah. Seventy-seven-year-old Tony La Russa is announcing his retirement. Yeah. For the second time. I think we can all agree. Can we just not update his baseball Hall of Fame plaque? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary. It would be nice to him to not update. That. <laughs> it's like yeah. how maybe oh you led the you led the twenty. 21 White Sox to division title in the worst division ever. In the yeah, where literally everyone else was below 500. Yeah, yeah the Guardians were second place at 80 and 82. 
that year. And then they decided to be good, and now they can't win the division. Yeah. <laughs> the, White, the White Sox can. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't update that. I mean, disclaimer here also, we hope, we're not, we're not hoping that those health issues are no. bad for Tony La Russa. obviously, you know. Part of his statement, he said like, yeah, I just straight up didn't do my job, so now yeah. it's not my job, which I, pr- I appreciate the accountability. True. Um, like, health stuff aside, I want, I do want to put that aside, because of, yes, of course, on this show, we do hope that Tony La Russa is okay and healthy. Yeah. All that aside, was this the most predictable managerial tenor of all time? It's, yeah, it's up there. Like, this went exactly how we all thought it would go. Like, he would get carried by a talented offense and team overall. Have some big storylines in season where seems like he loses the clubhouse. Seems like, you know, it just isn't the right fit. And there were plenty of those stories, you know. Of yeah. course, there's the Yermin Mercedes uh, 3-0 pitch. Uh, there's the the Lance Lynn comments where he's like, he has a locker, I have an office. Yeah. It just, it went, it couldn't have gone any more like how all of us thought it would go. Yeah, and underperformance both years, you could say. Yeah. You could, like I had a White Definitely Sox, this year. I had a White Sox Braves World Series going into twenty twenty one and going into that postseason, I was like, I can't pick this team. Yeah. <laughs> that just cannot happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, they did win ninety three games, but I'm pretty sure that they were they were wretched against like the fellow playoff teams. Yeah. Um and wretched against They never had a chance against the Astros. They didn't, yeah. And I mean and, like, and there's so many things you could point to with Tony Larusa in that series alone, too. Right. The biggest yeah. one being not shifting when Aaron Bummer was on the mound and allowing him to give up three consecutive ground ball singles up the middle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, it was it was clear. It, it, it was yeah. It, it was very predictable what was going on, uh, and you know, on on the national stage that management was shown to light and i mean this year you had the the multiple intentional walks on one two counts yeah which yeah. is just like and his his odd his rationale was like did you see their numbers against lefties which was just very weird um i think also the biggest thing that you point to like the biggest reason i think for the chicago white Sox regression this year as a team a 131 iso as a team that, yeah. that was good for 26th in the league, tied with the Oakland A's. Yeah. That's not, like, in this climate, that is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. I know that Cleveland did have a worse ISO. They also had a 293 Babbitt. Well, actually, the White Sox, ironically, had a better Babbitt. That's very weird. Well, the, but the also Guardians Cleveland also has they ran, play better defense. They run the bases extremely well. Yeah, they're top, top five base running team, top five de- defensive team. Yeah. Good starting well, pitching in do bullpen. Any of those things. Yeah, um, you know. What was their ISO last year? Yeah, and, and one thirty-one this year. It had to have been like it was one sixty-six last year. Like that's a huge difference. Yeah, uh, you know, not great. Also, considering the level of players you have with Grandal, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, uh, Luis Robert. Um, you know, 
AJ Pollock added this year. And there was a lot of injuries, too. Like, Eli was hurt for much of the year, and yeah. he really seemed to turn it on at the end of the season, so that's very encouraging. Yes. Like, he got away from his ground ball tendencies. Yeah. Um, Grandal was hurt and also underperformed this year. Tim Anderson was hurt for a lot of this year. Yeah. Um, Luis Robert got hurt for some of this year in what many predict would be like an MVP potential breakout for him. Yeah. It, yeah, it just it didn't work on the pitch year. on the pitching side of things. You didn't get what you wanted from Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn or Lance Lynn until like pretty recently. Yeah. Dylan Cease was great. Dylan Cease was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the top offensive performers, like Michael Kopech fell off. He did very much fall. We we got we saw it a little bit from him, but yeah, no, it didn't work. It wasn't overall. you know not the strikeout numbers you want from a guy throwing that hard. And also um, just a lot of walks and even some home runs here yeah, and there. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the White Sox were, were a, a mess. Like, the fact year. that Johnny Cueto had to step in. Yeah. And and to, to his credit, he did a solid job for, you know, given the expectations. Like, 151 innings this year from Johnny Cueto. Like, who could have predicted that on any team going into the year? Right. That's got to be the most innings he's thrown since, like, 2019, 2018. Right, yeah. Uh, the last time he threw 151 innings was 2016. Wow. That was the year he almost, he was like in the Cy Young contention. Yeah. He threw 147 in 2017, so he was just off of that. And then, he was yeah, also much worse that year. Had some surgery, you know, had had, had Tommy John, and mm-hmm. it's been building back up since then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it just hasn't been good for the White Sox this year. Um, we mentioned, you know, Probably should have done better last year. And, you know, who knows what, what happens. I mean, I imagine, like, this was a special case where ownership yeah. really got involved in yeah. managerial, managerial hiring. And, you and know. What do you know? It completely flops. It completely flops. Um, also, just if we're still talking about just problems with the pitching, the fact that they gave Dallas Keuchel eight starts is yeah. eight too many. <laughs> True. And they should have known that going into the year. And maybe that's more on Roy Khan than it is anyone else. Yeah, I mean they were paying him like yeah. at least fifteen million dollars. What a <laughs> he played for three teams this year. It's crazy. Can you name the three? Out uh, of curiosity. Well, it was the White Sox, White Sox, Diamondbacks, and Rangers, right? It was. Yeah. To the tune of a nine twenty ERA. Not great. Sixty innings pitched. Sixty innings first off, fifth sixty innings pitched and fourteen games started. Hmm. <laughs> that's a little over four innings to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did have a 384 bat up against, so of course he got very unlucky. Yeah. Uh, but even then, you had the Diamondbacks defense in there. That's, you know, you have no excuse. Yeah, true. If you had a 384 bat up with the Diamondbacks defense, you were probably just bad. Right. Christian Walker behind Christian you. Walker, Cattell Marte in the outfield, uh, Jake McCarthy. Yeah. Who's been solid. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Varsho, who is like one of the top performers in OAA this year. Yep. Yeah, Diamondbacks defense. Corbin Carroll for a little bit. He probably wasn't ever Dallas Keuchel, but yeah. Corbin Carroll is going to be an interesting case going into next year. The Diamondbacks as a whole, I'm very yeah. intrigued. He had a a 51.1% left on base percent. Yikes. If you got on base against Dallas Keuchel, you had a almost 50% chance of scoring. That yeah. is insane. So, all right. With the whites up. So now... Their their window is is it's still open. It's open, but you know it's. But it feels more like a division window than a championship window. Yeah, and like you know, 
hopefully ownership doesn't get involved in the managerial process this time. And I think Rick Hahn's going to have to just walk out the door if yeah. they do again. Yeah. Hopefully Rick Hahn, hopefully for the White Sox, Rick Hahn can get his <coughs> get his guy and uh, potentially, you know, I don't know what if they'll be active in the free agent market. I know Tim Anderson, I think, has a team option at the end of the year. So I mean, I, I think feel like that'll that, stay. I think he's going to be picked up. That's going to be picked up. Yeah, there's no way you know. You so he's, long. you know, he'll be around. Uh, I'm curious at their payroll and see if and seeing if they their uh, payroll in 2022 is 196 mil. Yeah, uh, but they have Jose Abreu coming off the books. Keuchel coming off the Keuchel books. coming off the books. Uh, Abreu, that's 19 million dollars getting freed up from last year. There's a ooh, a 10 million dollar option on AJ Pollock. I wonder if they take that. That might be interesting. Yeah. I, I bet they probably don't. Yeah. Um, they they invest that money somewhere else. Jose or Lucas Giolito is entering ARP 3. He's going to have a contract year next year, so you'd think that means he'd be better. Yeah. Dylan Cease is entering ARP 1. That's interesting. He'll probably get like 5 mil, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, coming off of probably Cy Young finalist season. Yeah, maybe even a Cy Young season. Potentially. They'd probably give it to Verlander, but yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll evaluate Dude, that when award season comes there around. There's nothing worse than trying to figure out if it's a player option or a club option when you're colorblind. Oh, boy. I have no, I have no idea. I have to look at like the, oh, it's a player option for AJ Pollock for 10 mil. Uh, well, that's getting picked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel he's, like he might have a tough time running 10 mil somewhere else. He's sticking around. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I could have sworn that was red. Turns out it's green. Okay. I have to look in the contracts, like details on FanGraphs, to see if it's a player or a club option. Club options on Josh Harrison and Tim Anderson. Yeah, I don't know. A twelve mil on Tim Anderson. Probably taking that. Yeah. Definitely should take that. He's he's almost almost face of the franchise. He when, might, he might but also like when player. healthy this year, he was a top five, maybe even top three to one shortstop in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I think of the White Sox, personally, I do think of Tim Anderson first, yeah. mo- more often than not. There is a 2022-23 to 23 club option on Dallas Keuchel for $20 million, who is no longer in the organization. Ah. Well, you know, that's 20 mil coming off the books. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty good for them. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if they'll be active. They, they probably don't have too much spending space. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely some guys who can turn it around, definitely some guys that can get healthier um, and, and right the ship and potentially make a, make a division run next year. But uh, was, we're not able to do it this year under the leadership of Tony La Russa, who will be gone um, from the managerial role. Uh, do we want to get into players to highlight? Yes, we do. Um, all right, so... All these stats, by the way, are heading into play on Monday. Into yeah, Monday, October third, and now we will discuss our Tuesday, October four, twenty twenty two edition of. How about that? Who do you have for us today? So my how about that is uh, on one of the teams that we have not really talked about at all today. It's uh. It's the Yankee outfielder that's taking everyone by storm. It's Eswaldo Cabrera. Yes. Yeah, he's been <laughs> fantastic as of late. Since September 10th, 
He is slashing 309, 397, 603 for a 1,000 OPS and a 185 weighted runs created plus. Before the span, 14 of his first 56 career bad balls had a launch angle above 45 degrees. That is 25% of his batted balls being above 45 degrees. That is a lot. In the span, that number is down to just 10.9%, so he's cut that in half, uh, which has been excellent. His average launch angle over the span has gone from 22.9 degrees to 18.5. That's a 4.5 degree difference. His hard hit rate has gone from 30% to 39%. And additionally, he is slugging 603 against four-seam fastballs during this span. That is good for 17th best among the 309 qualified hitters with at least 25 batted balls against four-seamers. And on defense, he also ranks 31st among the 366 qualifiers in arm strength, which was just added to Savant last Whoa. week. Yeah, he has a very good arm. Don't run on him. He is tied for 8th in the majors in defensive runs above average over the span. And throughout the year, he also leads the 484 fielders with at least 200 innings logged in UZR per 150 with 41.4. The next highest is 29.1. So that is a little cherry-picked, but given the small sample size we've seen, Oswaldo Cabrera has been an excellent defender, and he's been really solid offensively as of late. Yeah, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera. How about that? Um, yeah, the Yankees outfielder taking everyone by storm, Oswaldo Cabrera. Yeah, he's been he's been doing amazing. Mm-hmm. My player to or my uh, my how about that? By the way, this is probably our last. These are probably our last players to highlight of the year. Wow. Um, because yeah, scheduling is a is a bit hectic these days. But uh, not to get sentimental already, we got to get into the guy that the Cardinals, the left-handed pitcher that the Cardinals acquired at the deadline that was taking everyone by storm, and <laughs> we were all questioning the trade, seeing if it was worth it. Jose Quintana, who uh, in his last, you know, he was traded from the Pirates to the Cardinals. Obviously, that joke was in reference to Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, Jose Quintana, in his last five starts, he is a 0.89 ERA and a 1.67 FIP in 30 and a third innings pitched. Since the start of September, uh, out of out of 66 qualifiers, Quintana's ERA ranks third and his FIP ranks first. Out of 142 pitchers with 50-plus batted balls against since the start of September, his expected WOBA is the fourth lowest. And also, Quintana's strikeout rate has gone from 20% before the span to 25% during the span, and his walk rate has gone from 8% to 3% in the span. And that, this is the weird thing, that 3% walk rate comes despite him having the fourth lowest in-zone percentage out of 105 (laughs) pitchers with 400-plus pitches thrown. He has a 3% walk rate while having one of the lowest in-zone percentage. Throwing the ball in the strike zone. Uh, that comes because he has a chase rate that was already good. It was good before the span of 31.8%. And in the span, his chase rate is 37.2%. I believe the av- league average chase rate is around 28%. And Quintana's chase rate in this five-star span is 37.2%. Out of 108 pitchers with 200-plus pitches out of the zone since the start of September, Quintana's Chase rate is 8th highest. Uh, Also, Quintana's average exit velocity has gone from 86.8 miles per hour to 83.8 miles per hour, which is very, very low. 
Uh, his average exit velocity in this span ranks second lowest out of 142. And also his barrel rate has gone from 6.5% down to 1.3%. He's given up 79 batted balls. Only one uh, has been a barrel. So Jose Quintana has been killing it since the start of September. Obviously, very good sign for the Cardinals who are uh, who are going to be playing in the wild card series um, starting Friday. So he's going to be uh, probably in that rotation. So Jose Quintana. It's crazy to see how far the Cardinals' rotation has come in the last year. Like, Adam Wainwright started the wild card game for them last year, and he'll definitely be in the playoff rotation again, but there's really a big question as to where, because Jose Quintana's been really good. Jordan Montgomery's been fantastic. He might be a Game 1 starter. Yeah. Miles Michaelis has been excellent this year in almost 200 innings pitched. Like, there is very real questions on where Adam Wainwright fits into this Cardinals playoff puzzle here. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Yeah, there, there's probably some of those starters are probably gonna have some some innings out of the pen too. Um, yep. I feel like guys like Dakota Hudson. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, especially like Ollie Marmel. I know he's a younger guy. Um, That's gotta be like an under the radar pick for manager of the year. Correct. Yeah, we didn't like first year guy wins like wins the division by a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely like he. I could see him being a finalist for sure. Um, Should be a finalist, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking, Buck Showalter, we're yeah. talking, Ali Marmol, um, maybe Dave Roberts, just cause. Maybe Dave Roberts, just cause. Uh, there's, wait, I still forget. I'm forgetting his right. name. Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a fair. They point. were seven games below. I do wonder. Like, I have wondered. Do you throw John Schneider in there? It's the Blue Jays guy. True, yeah. Because they've been like they've taken off way better since they fired Charlie Montoyo. Yeah, they were forty five and forty two, and now they're ninety and sixty nine. Mm-hmm. So they're like thirty five and seventeen or something like that uh, in their last whatever games. Yeah. Um. All right. So now we'll go from the highs to the lows, where we're talking. Players are subjects that have been underperformed with our Tuesday, October 4th, 2022 edition of... Slightly Alarming. Who do you have for us today? So my Slightly Alarming, my last player to highlight of the year, emotional, um, is Trey Mancini, who mm. was traded at the deadline, and I kind of just forgot about the trade yeah. because you just haven't really heard much from him. Since August 14th, he is slashing 163, 267, 326 for a 592 OPS and a 71 weighted runs created plus. That batting average ranks second worst among the 151 qualifiers. His OBP ranks ninth worst and his weighted runs created plus ranks 13th worst. Uh, His 184 Babbitt also ranks the fifth worst among this span. So he is getting a little bit unlucky, but at the same time, his strikeout rate has gone from 21.7% to 26% during the span. His line drive rate has gone from 27.8% down to 17.4%. That's gone over down down over 10%. His pop-up rate has gone from 5.2% before the span to 9.8% in the span, so that's almost doubled. His average launch angle in the month of August was 16 degrees. His average launch angle in September was 14 degrees. Both of those... Sid has his his two highest average launch angles at any month of his entire career outside of September 2016, wow. where he had, like, probably 10 batted balls. Yeah. Um, 
he's obviously going into a contract year, and I, th- I still think he'll find a home. But, you know, a lot of people looked at that trade to Houston, you know, him going from Houston to Baltimore thinking, you know, this is going to be a difference-maker trade. And it still could be in the postseason. And it's not like, you know, the Astros really needed him to step up in the regular season because they still right. clinched the number one seed handily. But Trey Mancini is going to go into the postseason pretty quietly. Yeah, Trey Mancini. Slightly alarming. Yeah, I know. I fell for it. I was like, oh, he's leaving Baltimore, going to the Crawford boxes. This is going to be a great trade. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just been... Yeah, and I mean, it's still obviously it still could be, like, as a rental. You know, you get guys like that for potential postseason moments. And I have no doubt that Trey Mancini is very capable of that. I think it's great that he's finally going to be getting some postseason action. Yes, yeah. Um, I guess he good. kind of did in 2016, right? Was he on that roster? Um, I think 2017 was his rookie year. Well, he, yeah, but he did play in 2016, like, for a little bit. I think he got left in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Orioles fans. He played five games in 2016, and he had a 1471 OPS, because I remember he homered in his first at-bat against the Red Sox. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, he probably wasn't on the playoff roster if he only played five games in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my... Excuse me. My slightly alarming... Um, <clears throat> I figured we, we should have we should highlight this player... Uh, you know, it is it is our last. It's it's the last highlight, player to highlight of the year. Um, <clears throat> but I am stealing your thunder a little bit. This is a guy you've talked about a lot um, for in the entirety of 2022. Josh Bell. Um, uh, this is a this is a pro zone. It, it's a, no, it's a, a freeze over. No, I. Oh yeah, you're right. It is a freeze over. Because he was hot. He was hot earlier. He didn't I put him on slightly alarming though. Um, when? I feel I, like I did because he had like a seventy percent ground ball rate with the Padres. Maybe I didn't. I feel. Um, I feel like you talked to. He was definitely highlighted before the season. I did put him on. How about that? You are yeah. absolutely right on there. Yeah, and I think. Um, yeah, this is the. I think this is a AR triple crown as well because he was a player to watch. <laughs> How about that? Andy's a slightly alarming. So congratulations to Josh Pell. But uh, in his time with San Diego, which is fifty games, he is hitting one ninety eight with a five ninety three OPS. Uh, in the span out of one hundred forty four qualifiers, his average ranks ninth worst, slugging ranks fourth worst, and OPS ranks ninth worst um, over a fifty game span too. Uh, he only has eight extra base hits on the Padres, uh, and his extra base hit percentage has gone from 9.4% before the span to 4.0% in the span. His average exit velocity has also gone from 89.5 miles per hour to 87.2 miles per hour. Uh, his ground ball rate, uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about this. It's been a reoccurring problem. It's gone from 47.2% to 57.6%. Uh, in the span out of 198 hitters with 100 plus batted balls in the span Bell's ground ball rate ranks ninth Um, and as you mentioned before he doesn't do well when he's hitting ground balls Uh, on those ground balls he's hitting 211 and slugging 211 Uh, and out of 158 hitters with 50 plus ground balls in the span his slugging on those ground balls is in the bottom 20 percent so he's hitting ground balls at a top 10 percent or top 10 rate you know ninth most of 198 but he's doing you know bottom 20 percent worse yeah. 
uh, bottom 20% worse. So Josh Bell, um, you know, they they traded away Eric Hosmer and got Eric Hosmer back. Um, <laughs> Josh Bell. Slightly alarming. Um, I don't know about you, but like, for me, the offseason feels like the season because that's where I just go all in with research. Like, I catch up on everything that I missed during the season, which is obviously a lot. And, like, you know, I lived on Josh Bell's baseball savant page during the offseason last year. Yeah. And, like, I got to start thinking about my next obsession. Yeah, right. Like, like you know, because it was Robbie Ray in 2020 to 2021, Josh Bell from 2021 to 22. Like, I got to think of my next guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to find him. There, there is, there is a guy. Like there is, like part of me has started enjoying the off season over the last couple of years, like for reasons like that. Like nothing's updating every day. Like nothing's changing. Like yeah. I get to just see it all in full. What happened? Right. Um. Also, I have much more of a life now that I did like two years ago. So I have so much yeah. more distractions in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like. Like, I thought last offseason was absolutely going to suck because of the lockout, but, like, I personally, like, barely noticed. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, uh, Twitter's Twitter's a little later today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, yeah. Like, I started my I started my players to watch list in November. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember I you, te- I remember you telling me, like, before we ever, like, started doing episodes, you were like, I got 28 picked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, when I was home during the semester break, I'd pick a team, and I would just go all in for a day. I'd be like, who are my guys? What yeah. Do I want? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's exciting. For for preview of the week ahead, I don't know if I, why, it's not why really necessary. All right, anything more before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Reyes Maranta from the Diamondbacks, massive human being. He's... Absolute unit. Yeah, mass equals gas is what they is what they tell me. Um but yeah, that's it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. Last one of the regular season. Excited for playoff baseball, which is uh, where this thing started. Uh, happy yeah. three years oh to us, God. by the way. Wow, happy three years to ARR. Yeah, happy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's been it's been it's crazy. Thank yeah. We just went from you know not knowing how to use the podcast or like rate the radio equipment to not being able to use the podcast equipment for yeah. years. Uh, the the recording equipment we're using for this episode is, is substantially worse yep. than the recording equipment we used for the first episode. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, this is uh, senior year for us in college. This thing started freshman year. Um, and Which, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say right now that that means this is the last year of the pod. Like, I don't want to no, believe no. that. No, I want yeah. keep this going as much as we can exactly. for the future. Because obviously... I have no idea what either of us are going to be doing by this point next year and if yeah. we're going to be able to do this. And maybe if we're going to have other work to where we can't yeah. do this. I don't know. Yeah. But we're just going to ride the, We're going to ride this thing out as much as we want to. Yeah. And which it, is, you know, we're just here for the ride right now. It is It is the, It is talking baseball kind of whatever. So, you know. Yeah. Maybe, who knows, maybe upload schedule will be more inconsistent, but still want to do this. Whatever. This is still... Uh, you know, a very enjoyable thing for for both of us, and Indeed. a good a good distraction from you know other things as well. Um, so yeah, three years of ARR, uh, two hundred twelve episodes now. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. 
if you're uh, listening on, or if you uh, want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on, on both Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Kern, and follow the show Instagram for all the show needs, at Above Replacement Radio on Instagram. Uh, we hope you enjoy this one, and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking about the MLB playoffs. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.